0: So, it's because there's favoritism. Well, yeah.
1: what about Optimus Prime? And you got the touch when he does that fucking <clears throat>
2: amazing, like through yeah. the air, poo, Yeah, that, that is true. You but, got the I mean, touch. The thing is, is that whole song is is not up there. That portion of the song is fan for fantastic, but the whole song isn't fan for fantastic. But Derek, he has the touch. He does have the touch. He, I, I, I do. He has the power. Yeah. yeah. You got the touch.
1: You got the power! Yeah! Thank you for listening to Comic Issues, your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. Here are two of my very good buddies, Laird, Darren, and Derek. Uh, Again, uh, as we mentioned last podcast, unfortunately, Drew cannot be here. He's not here for recording. He had obligations that could not. Be rescheduled. Sad face. Sad face. Drew's yeah. not here. Uh but we're still here because maybe we love you a little more than Andrew does. No, we no we do. No, it's, <laughs> it's proven. actually proven
2: because we're here.
1: We're we're here. But you know, he has obligations. He has yeah, he, things happen.
0: If he is truly here in spirit, he will manifest himself like in the force. He will learn the secret of the Jedi ways. And if not, he's a fucking I
1: I do feel his wow. presence. I do. I
2: Darren do. Darren wants to see
0: it. Darren, Darren wants his to see it. Where's
1: his, where's his ethereal presence? He's He's telling me something. Oh, no. Uh oh. Here a, comes,
0: Darren. I know I'm, what's going I'm on. I'm a full fledged Jedi, and I'd be fucking hearing this shit like crazy. You're just a liar. You're a smuggler. That's is we've you, already they're, determined. They're You're a smuggler, not a, sure? smuggler, well, his not presence a Jedi.
1: presence is asking me to, to ask you how many lightsabers you have. <sighs> That's all I have to do, isn't it? I don't even have to like come up with a punchline at this point.
0: (laughs) You're just gonna take it in a bunch Uh, of avenues.
2: (laughs) uh, I'm done though. I I, I wanted to ask you, Darren, uh, on the census, did you put down Jedi for your religion? Yes, I did too. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Nobody asked me. Was that gonna be like a booyah? Like, no, I I didn't think you would, so I was just checking.
1: I wonder what the percentage of Jedi are in America. The same well, percentage of
0: female gamers.
1: <laughs> I'd like, and then, and then lower more. that down to
0: like hot female gamers, and then that's even way less, or equal to hot female gamers and like furries.
1: Probably. I'd say there's probably more furries than there are hot female gamers. Mm. Got to get the numbers.
2: Yeah, we got to got to hire a statistic company. And I mean,
1: at, at least furries <clears throat> are two separate genders, in theory. I'm pretty sure they are. How okay. do you know I'm they're wait, all they're all dressed sure, up? Pretty sure that's a fact. Okay, wait, wait, what about hot female gamers and
0: hot furries, like hot female furries? <laughs>
1: um, I think because we just keep cutting down the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same fire. demographic. Well, would I mean? I would assume all furries are essentially um, geeks as well. <clears throat> and here's a know, like I mean essentially. All the material for that is in comic books or art or uh, animation. All and new- then these are all cornerstones of, you know, large geekdom areas. So uh, I'd say every furry is probably also a geek, too. Now you uh, with you being the expert in this area, because you have a
0: man crush on Chitara. Yes, that's true. <clears throat> um,
1: isn't it a normal crush?
0: <clears throat> no, it's a man crush. This is species. Don't, don't you
1: have a man crush on another man?
0: Well, maybe Chitara's a man. No anyway. not the way she's drawn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if, if a furry is dressed up like a satyr who's like half human and then has the body has the lower torso of a goat. Hmm. What is your thoughts on that? Is that
1: still considered a furry? I mean, um, that actually is an interesting question. Is a satyr? If someone who dressed up as a satyr, would they be
2: considered a furry? Well, the thing is, this is like, I mean, honestly, Thundercats. Like, you know, if you go to the Chitara thing, no, she's she's like, a half Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she at
0: least resembles a lot of human characteristics. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, she doesn't have like cat
0: legs no 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 no. but she's probably got a little fuzz you know a F- little, little fuzz on the face and, you well know. I assume
1: they're all furry
0: yeah well yeah, so I, I mean, mean that's, that's, that's kind they're, of, furry, they're furry head th- those are the similarities like, there. like a cat
1: Where would it, you, what would you what do you think with a satyr though I'm wondering if a, if a satyr is considered <clears throat> a furry though because it's only half it's like a half committed furry
0: <laughs> half committed
1: half committed yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually kind of interesting you got to get on your free
0: forums. This is this is the gift I leave for you eh. to, to ponder oh, and puzzle. Look, look, look this up. <laughs> Today, though, is all about gaming. It is about gaming. That's
1: true. That's true. So well, right. we, we decided that um, it's time to talk about something that uh, happened last month, but can essentially affect our future. Well, yeah. I mean, the future of the world. The future of the D20. Okay, I'll give you the future of the D20. Last month, Wizards of the Coast announced a n- a new addition to D anD D. They have yet to call it anything. Uh, a common name is Fifth Edition. Well, I, I, well, I heard the,
2: the the name that they were, that they're referring to it as D anD D Next. D D Next. But that's not its official name. No. They have, they no. haven't but they are it they are shying away from that's, people calling it Fifth Edition. Yeah, yeah. that's what the kids on the street are calling it. Yeah, they D&D call it D anD D Next.
1: Uh, and we I, we, I like calling it fifth edition, honestly.
0: Yeah, I like calling it fish edition too, because it, it just kind of correlates well with people. And you said you know, fish edition, fish edition, fish—it's it, gonna be smelling so bad. Oh! But, uh,
1: but no, finally, swim speed is legitimate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no half speed anymore. And we, and we waited a little bit to talk about this topic, just so
0: that we can kind of get more information about what's going on. The playtest was done in January at D D Expo or D D Experience. And so there was playtesting for that, for friends and family, and for people at the convention. Open playtest is in the spring, which... Cannot wait. Nathan I think... on
2: a list. Are
0: all of us signed up for it? All of us are signed nice. up for it. I know Mason signed up for it, too. Yeah. So uh, definitely at the Comic Issues table, uh, all of us, including Drew, will, oh, be, a part, will be a yeah. part of he D&D a Next choice. history. We,
1: we, we got to get that fresh perspective on, uh, on the game as well. Because, uh, I mean a lot of criticism has come down on 4th edition. Um, they they did really shake things up from 3.5. Some people like it, some people don't. It essentially split the the D&D community. Schism. Yeah. Well, and it's it's part of the reason why
0: um, you know people were still in love with with 3rd edition and they they didn't feel like they had to choose because with Wizards of the Coast new gaming license which has been kind of changed since that time but it was really you had to choose you're either going to print material for uh, the 3rd edition rules or you're going to print material for 4th edition rules you could not do both mm. and so it kind of caused a divide within people people were still loving 3rd edition 3.5 and so um, other companies like like Paizo and other 3rd party distributors Necromancer Games Frog God Games that sort of thing decided to stick with 3rd edition Yeah, and so it kind of had that split you know, um, and a lot of people, a lot of people really like Fourth Edition for the ease of the rules. It was really easy to get into teaching somebody. Yeah,
1: essentially, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where I was kind of going with uh, Drew. Fourth Edition was a system uh, designed around uh, balance and streamlined mechanics. It was good for a new player to kind of jump in with, without a lot of the confusing math that Three Five had, while also being very easy on the dm to put together um you know essentially essentially with with four you could just kind of have a pickup game you know and within a couple hours have you know a full night of fights and traps where three five was a little more difficult now a lot of that ease also came from the online support the dnd
0: insider yeah
1: that uh, that came out with 4e the character builder and uh, adventure the adventure adventures armory something uh, the adventures vault prog- yeah I think um, that originally came and then it went to the insider and became strictly online uh, but those additions to the experience of playing d anD D did make it really friendly for fans and actually the the online stuff was something that I really liked and really appreciated. Uh, more in their in the first version when it was the program the online stuff was glitchy to me. Uh, and I wasn't a big fan. But actually that is one thing I'm hoping is going to stick around. And actually I honestly expected well, to D&D
2: Insider for the um, D&D they did Next. say that d d Insider they will continue to progress fourth edition content in relation to whatever that um is coming out. Yeah. for D&D Next. Um, because a big focus that they're doing with uh, this d and Next is um, um, integrating different play styles. You know, if you like 3.5, if you like 4th edition... They're trying to set things up to where both of you can play the types of characters that you want to play from the editions you want to play yeah, and bring those the style, to the same the table in the uh, same game.
0: Actually, that they just recently amended that statement. Oh, really? <laughs> so they want it to where you can, if you want a first edition table, you can take D&D Next and have a first edition feel table. Now, um uh, but the you can't have somebody who loves fourth edition no you somebody can't have who loves yeah not first edition table at the same table yeah that's, well, just, that's how
1: I read it they just recently amended that statement in a, um, mm. in a yeah, so that's that's how I read it is if you want to have the campaign style of a first edition of a third edition uh that's possible but uh Derek can't sit across from me and we both have different uh, edition styles of playing now that's a statement, just the statement that you can, you can do so much with one system, actually worries me. It sounds uh, way
2: too bold. too
1: massive to, to fit into one set of, uh,
2: of gaming rules. They may be just layering their rules, kind of like how 4th edition got to the point where they made um, the D&D Essentials, the Essentials characters. Yeah. Um, they may just be doing something like that where they and layer... And consider it. It's, exactly. It's possible... The well, essentials may have been a play test for this for, for well this. looking uh, at the systems, looking at the systems,
0: I have a feeling it's gonna take maybe some of the meat from third edition and some of the flavor from the other editions. To me, second edition, because it had very little skills in it, it that is a system really geared towards flavor. And so uh, they are making it uh, uh, to where you can optimize certain skills. They even have uh, open skills to where there's like suggested skills that you want to have, and then everything else is open ended. So you know in our group, they
1: won't, they won't, there won't be a uh, a skill list for classes anymore. They're
0: they're working on not really having a skill list for classes, but there's like suggested lists that suggested lists that you may want to use. Yeah, but it's it's a lot like. Shadow run, yeah. Like a lot, at least with all of your knowledge, base skills, and everything. You, mean you pick what you want. So we so there's, and, like,
2: there's certain there's certain skills that you're always going to want to have. A perception, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's like the you know those those essential skills are like seven or something like that. Well, I don't know if they're going to limit it to a certain number. They're just going to really have
0: suggestive skills, and it's up for the GM to kind of implement what what they want.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, races and, uh, are going to work very much the same. Uh, dwarves have been confirmed uh, uh, of course I'm imagining I, the yeah. 7 the core 7 are going to be confirmed they have
1: to be there but I, mean, I been have a
0: feeling we may see 10 I mean because there's a lot of people that love dragonborns from 4th edition mm-hmm. and love tieflings you know we may see those added in so you may, may even get the 3 you know from 4th edition Elajan dragonborn and tiefling just added on to the other yeah. seven having your 10 core but races are going to work where you know they're still going to have your bonuses to stats but classes are also going to have bonuses I to i love that idea mm-hmm. so you know if you're a fighter you know you also get a bonus to con and strength or things so of that, that kind of seems
1: like now uh like fourth edition especially with all the online content felt like it didn't i mean essentially we all stopped rolling our stats and, I, and it seems like okay. Well, now if you pick a race with stat bonuses and your class, well, there was a focus bonuses? on balance.
2: There was a focus on balance with fourth edition, oh, yeah. so we didn't and point really to a of fault. Well, well, fourth edition kind of had a fault in its. Super balance? I'll, I'll say there was a fault in regards to the balance of their magic system. I think magic really suffered magic due suffered, to the balance of martial, the game. martial um, classes benefited. Yeah, well, martial, be- yeah, martial yeah. classes needed it, though. Well, essentially,
1: I, every attack was kind of came down to a, just a 50-50 <clears throat> chance. Well,
0: yeah, it, it really got, and I think that that's actually a great point to where as you leveled up, you really knew if you rolled above a 10, you hit, Good and if you rolled are... below a 10, you missed. Like it, it, it the challenges didn't really scale well as you as you progressed. Um, and I think you know that as as many systems have their bane of having that sweet spot, fourth edition had the bane of really not feeling as though it
2: was challenging. See, I, I disagree because one thing, what my take on, on, on this was for fourth edition was um, against certain creatures. Your character is going to do well, you know. Mm-hmm. If your attacks focus on fortitude, certain defenses, yeah. you're going to do well against certain creatures. When those other creatures come that you're not very, that strong against, you know, they have super strong wills or whatnot, that fighter is not going to do so well. You know, I mean, well, it'll be
0: interesting to see because uh, uh, one of the hardest classes that they've stated in making is the fighter. Yeah, it's the one yeah. of the core classes that a lot of people gravitate towards, and, and it's they interesting want because it
1: it's always kind of been the easiest. Well. I think it's it's well, the hardest it's, because its a design. It,
0: design. It, I, I think it's the oh, hardest okay. to design because it's a class that people are going to look to as a staple of the mm-hmm. system. Yeah.
1: The wizard, the rogue, the ranger and the fighter.
0: No, cleric and ranger. I'm sorry, yeah, cleric. And so um you know what they want to do is to where uh, instead of maybe as you normally level up your your Uh, you get better attacks to hit. They want to be able to switch that to where maybe if you want, instead of you you can attack better, maybe you can actually do more maneuvers Mm -hmm. to where you can move around on the battlefield a little easier. Control the... So, yeah, so, you know, you may have that fighter that doesn't get five attacks in a round, you know, but gets maybe three, but then has a couple maneuvers that they can do on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, which, you know, now that we're talking about attacking, uh, one thing that they recently implemented was, you because know, they do, like, a bunch of polls. I think they actually do two or three a week. Um, one of them that was brought up was, what are your thoughts on weapon speeds? Now, in second edition, um, they kind of had uh, a factor, oh, a little bit of, in the first and a little bit in the second, uh, depending on what optional rules you wanted. Uh, they had a factor of weapon speeds. Where the speed of the weapon determined how often you could attack, mm-hmm. um, and I actually like that concept a lot better. Uh, I think it would one, it would give D and D next a really good feel, you know, because it would it would definitely change uh, the dynamic <clears throat>
1: of um, of battle.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think one thing that they need to really be keen on is you don't want to make a system that is just like your competitor. Or else people were just going to, they might as well play your competitor. Your competitor
1: being Pathfinder. As much as I love that system. Which is kind of funny because Pathfinder was just like the, uh, uh. Third edition. Yeah. Like 3.5. It's, it's, I was trying to make it sound like it is, but it's not. Because it did change things. Uh, I mean, the 3.75 nickname that it has is very accurate. It's it's
0: fairly accurate. Uh, it, it does have a little bit of a dis- of its
1: distinctions, but it comes from the
0: same root. It comes from a system that D&D made. Yeah. And so, you know, it's almost like that classic, like in our group, you, you know, we have that, well, how does it feel to fight yourself? Like, we have that joke, you know, and I think it's very much they're contending with something that they've kind of initiated.
1: Um but, yeah, yeah, D D is essentially fighting itself now. Yeah, it's, created, They just, created they, that, they created what path path popularity
2: became because of how much yeah. what they did with yeah, the division. Yeah, yeah. And
0: so I, I think it would weapon speeds and things of that nature would be something that would really set them apart. Uh, one thing also is like with spell casting, you know, spells are gonna have like a set damage and if you want to have a, a more explosive fireball, you cast it at a higher level. Each level will add on a certain number of dice and increase the range and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that is a little interesting. It I makes... like that a
2: lot because, I mean, in all editions previous to this, you know, Fireball is an X level spell where it's like you always had in, you know, higher level fire type spells kind of went out of their way to be, you know, outlandish and ridiculous or, yeah, like, you know, like different. Again, Magic in 4th edition, um, you had a Fireball at this level. Well, even in 3rd edition and 3-5, like, you know, Fire level spells that were from fourth level and above like really had to go out of their way to be different when all you really wanted was a more powerful fireball. Well, yeah. certain
0: spells progress with leveling. Yeah.
2: Not all, but some. Yeah. Fireball does,
0: but it's kind of at certain levels. Mm-hmm. What this mechanic does is it simply says... Fireball is a fifth-level spell, and it doesn't matter if you want to cast it at ninth level and have it as ninth-level potency.
1: Just add on a d6 or whatever. Yeah. the yeah, die level. That's cool. That's cool. And, that's and cool. It's. Uh, I don't think it's been done enough. Um, now, I, I. It's definitely worth mentioning that uh, with some of the uh, some of the things that that they've talked about changing, uh, and things about implementing uh, weapon speed. And uh, changing how spells work, you know, varying its damage to the level. Instead of being stuck at a third level, you can cast it as a ninth level. Um, these are all things that are going to make the system more difficult to design because they're kind of breaking all previous designs and almost starting fresh, simply with the inspiration of what it's been before. It's a daunting task, but one thing that gives me confidence that it's going to work out is the return of Monty Cook. The return of Monty Cook does... uh, It says a lot about what they're going to try and do. It Uh. it does. One
0: thing that's interesting, though, with that, inside the Pathfinder Core Rulebook, the intro is done by Monty Cook.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, praising of its its successes and where it's gone, where it's going. And I'm wondering how much that system influences this one. And... You you gotta you gotta understand that at both at both camps not to go into edition wars but they have a copy of the Pathfinder Core yeah, Rule they probably have a copy absolutely. of GURPS. they probably have a copy of they of should Darkness. have everything you know and I'm I'm really wondering how much stems from original concepts you know are we gonna have limited on races certain races can play certain classes at certain levels you know where where does the fine line begin because it's supposed to be an edition for all generations. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to unite, yeah. be, you know, because there is a a, a, a division within the editions. Yeah. You're having people that I really love second edition. You yeah. know, people I really love fourth edition, and nothing to really bridge
2: that gap. Well, one thing that I that I do like that um was mentioned as far as their focus on on the design was. You know, they take all the editions and they go, okay, what you know what is core d and d what does d and d absolutely need to have to define it as itself? so yeah. they go from addition to addition, you know they look at all of them they're looking at they're the looking heart. at individual each one, yeah, and they're looking at mm-hmm. the heart of d and d so yeah. you know, okay, well, we need x, y and z from this well is that element in, in all editions?
0: yeah, they've actually you narrowed know? it down to three, yeah, three things abilities like ability scores mm-hmm. classes and monsters, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. That's it. I'd agree, I'd, I'd agree
0: 100%. Yeah. And, I'd add magic to that list, but... <clears throat> yes and no. Because magic... I think the magic
1: system has varied so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, know. Like, but magic, I'm saying magic, magic needs to be there. That's is, all. But that's kind of a given, like, once you add something like monsters. Well, You've you, you stepped into the world of fantasy. Like, in, in, in approaching a new system, you know, they...
0: They had the option of going. You know what? We're not going to go with the six core stats. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with these eight. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a huge upset if they did that. Huge. You know, who knows the ramifications? They're trying to find the identity of what D and D is mm-hmm. at its heart and at its core. So they know
2: what not to change to keep there, regardless. And then you know, it's a matter of checking each system. They're doing play tests in each system, back to original D and D up to fourth edition where it's at now. And you know they're they're playing games, they're testing to see what works, what doesn't work, what people like, and what they don't like, and they're trying to they're taking all this information and trying to develop one game for everyone, one game to rule them all. Yeah, huge task. So, it
1: is huge.
0: And and you know they've talked about changing up the cleric to where does the does being a cleric pigeonhole you into being a healer? Yeah. Does that really need to happen? Should you be a cleric? You know, could cleric have the option of, you know, I know in other editions they've mentioned having like a battle cleric as like a, a side or yeah, it's a, like a prestige class. Yeah, but it's a, class or, yeah, it's a pre- prestige class or an archetype. But does the cleric really deserve, uh, based on popular opinion, to have that versatility? Is it just healing or is it something else? You know, maybe you know essentially
1: like if you if you wanted uh, if you wanted to play a uh, a holy character uh, with healing ability, but you didn't want to be a healer, then you just be a paladin. No, but like, okay,
0: so you could be a cleric, but let's say you want to be a, a cleric that um, is more of traveling in the expanse of knowledge, you know? So that doesn't really relate to healing, but whenever you, whenever you hear somebody say, I'm going to play a cleric, you, gotta, you, gotta you, you you got to tell me that your instant thought is they're going to be the healer. Yeah, because you think of, okay, what's their combative role? Because everything else is flavor. But what, what I'm saying is what 5th edition is trying to push is, does necessarily being a cleric make you a healer? No. You um, know, where, where should other support come from in other mm-hmm. classes? And, you know, is there more versatil- versatility than
1: how these classes are more commonly approached? Yeah. No. Um, and the number one thing that I want to see in... Um, fifth edition is the return of a very customizable character it's something that we all agree was lost when it in uh, fourth edition we everyone lost one
2: except myself
1: all right well, everyone except there uh we we felt the loss of the prestige class you know and the kind of uh replacement that was given in fourth edition just didn't really cut it uh, uh there was an increase of classes but that I mean, I mean, in my personal opinion, that felt unnecessary. You could have stayed with, uh, you know, a select number of actual classes and that each class have uh, prestige classes like 3-5. Three, 3-5, five. Three, five, I felt, made a, a really unique character through its mechanics.
0: Most definitely. I, I think rather than a return of prestige classes, not to say that prestige classes don't have their place... Um, I think if they lessen the number of prestige classes, but more or less put those into second edition's kits where you not just have a fighter, but maybe you're a gladiator, you know, and you don't have to, you don't have to have a prestige class where once you meet certain requirements, you can take these things, but rather you are a gladiator from start to finish and Mm
1: -hmm. you replace certain abilities. So at character creation, you pick fighter, but then you pick gladiator style. Yeah, gladiator style. So it would end
2: up being its own class.
0: It would end up being eh. its own own class. You it would it's just a, it's like a subclass, I guess. It would it's it's a kit. You it, it's it's something added on to a class a mod. At, at a sacrifice of certain abilities that are associated with the core class. You know, it's something that um, Pathfinder does with archetypes, but it really reminiscent of second edition kits. Mm. You know, and those were mostly seen in those complete books. Uh, the paperbomb books that they did that fucking are everywhere. But, you know, I think it's something that Prestige classes got to a point in three five where they were just ridiculous. There was no equality.
1: And I think that's
2: that's absolutely true. And it got to a point where people like people there was no there was no character path. There was you were making characters based on mechanics. You were making characters focused on okay, why if I take two levels of this Four levels of that, and one level of that. But the DM, DM should restrict it's, It's well, it, it, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's power
0: gaming at its core, or what it's called now, optimizing, which I love that term. <laughs> Hold on what? Are you kidding me? It's, it's called optimizing. <laughs> Mid-maxing.
2: There's a PC term for it. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm not, I'm
0: not power gaming. I'm optimizing yeah, character. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, because of mechanics like that, it, it really pushed for, uh, in 4th edition, this systematic equality throughout yeah. the edition yeah. and although that may have been that may have felt like the best thing for the edition I think it it really would have benefited more with a little bit of variance if not everything was absolutely equal because well, I mean, you could almost get to the point where you sacrifice this I get this and and, and it, it it got to be like the same percentage of time
2: this was used and this was used and the only thing that I really think suffered with 4th edition was spells. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, the, idea of, the idea of spells um, as they exist in all previous editions was gone. But I love the concept of rituals, rituals in 4th edition. Rituals was a great, great idea. Because so, DMs, I mean, there's so many times where it's like, I mean, you get a spell like knock. You know, which is just so powerful. It doesn't seem like much, but it can open... Any magic any lock, even magical locks. So I mean, you could have things set up to where, you know, you, you, you run a system and you have this magic door that they have to go through and they have you know, they have the sequence or something you know, something special that they have to do to get through this door. You know, we don't have it. Here's a spell. Knock. Doesn't take any time to cast, done. But I just hope that in fifth
0: edition they really utilize knock mm-hmm. or not. Now you got me that's fucking just saying it. That's just an example. That's you, all. They really u- utilize um, rituals in a way that is really impacting. Not like in fourth edition, I felt it was really just kind of on things that you you didn't know. Like, hey, no. this spell is going to give me protection from you know elementals for the next hour. But
1: you were unsure. I, mean, I, yeah, I felt I felt three five magic was the same way because you picked your your spell list. And then you have to hope that all these spells are going to come in handy. I mean, like when, that's kind when, of the way all editions have been yeah, up to I that know. point. But so I'm, I'm just saying, like I don't, I don't think fourth edition really hurt it. Um, I'm not the, saying the restriction no. of as many spells that you had, yeah, that was, hurt a lot. Was was, uh, was kind of detrimental to the spellcasters.
0: But I'm not saying it hurt it. I'm just hoping they really expand upon ritual casting because yeah. I think it really could have a solidified place in D and D next in fifth edition. Mm. And I, to me. I really hope they turn magic on its head. I really hope they they evaluate the magical system and really look at it from all avenues, rather than okay, I'm gonna specialize in evocation and I'm really good at you know X, Y, and Z. You know, I really love to just turn the mechanic upside
1: down. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. Uh, No, no, it's all right. Um, I'd really like to see um, two styles of magic uh kind of come up. Long casters and short casters. So you're saying for more like your natural I mean, in addition, studied casters. In adi- well, no, I'm saying in addition with everything else, three five used to have spells that didn't just happen in a standard action. You know, it would you would have to essentially spend three rounds casting. It's like in WoW, you see the guy like turning yeah, yeah, up, working it out, working it out. Kill the caster. That's an eight second cast. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, casters who are more specifically geared for like multiple rounds of casting to cast large spells or big effects and other classes that are specifically geared towards short casts with you know lighter damage or smaller effects.
0: Well, nothing was more dangerous in second edition than whenever you came into an encounter and you know the DM goes okay, you know you have these like four brigands in front of you and in the back you see some guy that's like just working like it channy, out. like working it out. Working it you yeah. didn't know when Turning that spell would go off yeah. and you were like fuck we gotta get the caster. Yeah, 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 you yeah. were so afraid, and in later editions, third, you know, third edition is a great example, and so is fourth. That like you almost knew, okay, I have till the end of the round. You know, like you almost knew how yeah. long these spells yeah. were. Especially take. in
1: fourth edition, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it came down to everything happens in the standard action. Yeah, nothing lasts long. In the I time. actually would like that idea, like a long, like, I'd like I like I would like some classes or at least uh, kits or prestiges uh, to focus towards that. Were like, this, this wizard or this uh, sorcerer, its style are long casts. And then you could ha- also have the opposite. This uh, magic user pops out quick, uh, you know, like a fucking magic missile fiend and shit. But he's only doing little damage. Because they, they still have to equal out. They have to, everything has to balance out to a degree.
0: So e- even with that, like having a mechanic to where the longer you take on casting a spell, the more powerful it becomes. But I want it to be its thing. I got you. I got you. I mean, I could completely see that. and, and Go, go. No, I mean, I, I would actually be drawn towards that. Because I think that that is one thing. If if and d Next, you know, if they're going to approach classes in a way that you could do this or you could do this, you know, bring in a couple of different magic systems. Because, honestly, it, it would create at least a sense of variety, which is what they're trying to appeal. Yeah. They're appealing to... You know, four well, three generations of of gamers. You know, technically four because you have from the mid or to early seventies all the way up.
2: Dads, yeah. dads, <laughs> dads, such a real- y- I wanna, have
1: I, I just want to ask. Um, I I've stated that the thing I want most of this new edition is uh, a system and a mechanic that caters to customized unique characters. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys what's probably the the number one thing that you want in this new
2: system? The first thing that comes to my mind is like, I always like the idea of, I'm just, I'm just going to use a fighter as an example, like, you know, I may not want a strength constitution fighter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I may want a dex-based fighter. Like, I really like, and it's something that I think I, I really liked what they did in 4th edition. You know, you could have, you know, your you know, your fighter type character focus on, you know, things like intelligence and wisdom too. I mean, you could, and, yeah, you could, and it up, was a viable stat you change it you. Around. You know, so like, I like the idea of, of, you know, tweaking the, the, you know, just a different approach to the classic character. You know, it's like, you know, not every rogue is going to be, you know, you know, dex charisma. Yeah, dex based. you know, just like, well, I mean, even, even, the idea of even having a dex charisma combo doesn't have to be there, you know. I mean, it's just like you can have that thug rogue. That's just, you know, like Conan, and you know, it's the friggin' strength decks, you know. The, Conan's the, the, the a multi-classer. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but even that kind of sounds like but, fire. But, but that's what I'm getting at. It's like you know. I mean, I mean, the idea of maybe having a martial caster, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, having that, you know, that sword sage kind of things, you know, what they did. You yeah. know, fourth edition set it up by making different classes and um, also different. Um, Power sources, which I also do like as well. Um, that's how they took care of that and um, and approached it. It's just something that I would like. You know, yeah. I like the idea of having you know being able to to make characters that are against the norm or flavored in a way that I design them. Yeah. You know, so for yeah. me, I really like or would like to see
0: um, more of a saving throw. Um, progression you know in in fourth edition and three five we have your um uh fortitude reflex and will fourth edition includes ac into that yeah um i would like to see more of what kind of goes back to second edition but organized a little better you know because i i actually would like to see if they're going to still keep the magic the way that it is i'd like to see somebody that is really good at resisting conjuration but maybe is weak against divination you know, to where it's not one save for everything. Mm-hmm. And to really chop it up a bit. Um, I hope, mm. you know, they can kind of delve Sounds into that. Sounds like it's going to get complicated. Did that yeah. sound complicated? You know, I would just like a little bit more variety than three. You know, have it fall... And even if, but for? Even if you had magic, you know, to where it was uh, separated into a major and a minor. You know, and, you know, if you have a, a wizard who's focused on conjuration that that falls onto your minor save because it's his specialty Mm -hmm. you know and so forth but just something to chop it up a bit and really kind of flesh out you know what creatures what you can save against against creatures what you can save against against magic and and other hazards of the environment i think the saving throws being pigeonholed into the three sections that they are although they are convenient it doesn't really relate to maybe the, the setting of the world the hazards that are going on. I mean imagine being in constantly exposed to a Dark Sun type campaign. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's gotta be more than just fortitude save.
1: Yeah, yeah that's true. But I think that's also that, that would kind of fall under a class specific cause yeah because uh, a wizard who understands magic could, you know, defense himself up against conjuration or illusion or whatnot. But a fighter who is only just kind of hand fisting it He wouldn't understand the difference between defending against, you know, necromancy or, you know, another
0: spell kind. But it's treated the same as fortitude, where it's almost like your body's natural ability to resist
1: certain things. It's reduced to those three. Fortitude, reflex, and will.
0: And I understand that. But to, to chop it up a bit, it's your body still... You know, being able to naturally resist these things, and it could be due to bloodlines. It could be due to, um, hey, I said doo-doo, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that because I thought it'd be tacky and dare just jump on it. But uh, you know, and, and one other thing I, you know, I want to say is one uh, second to my wish of changing up saving throws. It's kind of reflected to your sense of customization. I've always wanted to vary up like races. I've always wanted to make a half dwarf. And, I've always wanted to make a half-dwarf as well. But, like, like being able to have a racial system to where it may not be able to apply the other races, but let's say you have a separate template in the core rulebook that's a half-race, and you can pick one of the other, you know, six, or, or one of the other seven, or, or however many other races there are, and being, being able to make a half-race of that that's not just half-elf.
1: That is... It is, it is cool, and it has always kind of been uh, a little upsetting or disappointing that the only half races were half orc and half Elf. Um, but, I mean, and the danger of uh, customization and the danger of offering, um, you know, amalgams of, of things is that that's kind of when you start optimizing or min-maxing or just power gaming. You start taking the best of two worlds and combining them. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of multi-classing because I feel, especially in three five, where you got so much early, that uh, you just started kind of taking the best of everything and built a story around that. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: story was not always mandatory. You're like, ah, whatever.
1: I always well, had a story. Well,
0: Half Race, I mean, it doesn't have to fully be focused on getting the best of both worlds. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm more or less uh, coming up with the, the the thought pattern of, you know, one creature stat bonuses, the other creatures stat You're talking about story wise. You're talking about from
2: like a background. Yeah,
0: I'm. You know, I'm before. more talking story wise. But yes, you are gonna have to face the mechanics yeah. of what does it mean to have a half race, and do you get to pick the best of everything? And I think there should be mechanics in, involved to where you you don't. Maybe you only get to. Maybe okay. Like in in uh, fourth edition you get uh, two two bonuses to two stats, right? Yeah. So if I'm taking a dwarf and an elf, maybe I only get one stat bonus, and I get to choose from any one of those four. You know, to where, yes, some people would say optimizing, but guess what? I'm not getting two stat bonuses. No, I'm you're not. I'm only getting yeah. one. Yeah. So it would it would be very reminiscent of the human, but it could have some variety to it. No. I'm just simply saying, I think it could be done, and I think it if they implemented it into the system... Dear God, I'm I there like nobody's business. I think
1: people, some people, can get really weird with it. though. Oh what? yeah,
0: right? I mean, people will take it weird. You know,
1: real. I mean, like you it, guys forgot the
2: halfling, by the way. Well, who
1: is the halfling half elf? It's Supposed to be? Is it like a half human half, well, half gnome, half human, half gnome,
2: half elf? It's, it's called a halfling. Yeah, but no, I've never no, understood. No, the halfling
0: that. and the half giant are well, are the, the same. Giant. They're the same. They're races that have nothing to do with their names. They're not half human. They're just simply races that have been given a name that is reminiscent of what they're associated with.
1: I thought half giants were though. Half giant. No. Okay.
2: My bad. <laughs> Stop there looking at saying me. All right. Yeah. I was wrong. I'm no, sorry. One thing I'm kind of I'm kind of because I mean, thing like, like you guys said, you want more customization. Yeah. Like for me, the biggest problem that I have, um, well, with making a character, especially three five, Pathfinder. Is the amalgam of feats that you have to collect at the right times to get certain things. I cannot stand when you, you know, I mean, I feel pigeonholed from character creation to follow a certain path. If I just, you know, if I just want the benefits or focus of one thing, you well, know? yeah, but I mean, that one thing is always better. Not always. Than,
1: well, no, I mean, like there, there were feats you had to get like three feats to get two. But that one feat obviously was worth it. And you usually had to take like one feat that was kind of lame.
0: You know, I, I almost view it as this, okay? If you're taking karate and you want to be able to do like, you know, a hurricane kick, all right? Well, guess
1: what? You have to take your white belt, your yellow belt. You got to learn kick. Yeah. You got to learn roundhouse. And, and yeah. then you can learn a whir- uh, whirlwind kick. And you want to be able
2: to just do the kick and move on. And I think. No, it's just, I mean, it's like, because, I mean, just as an example, like. You take things like combat expertise, okay? Yeah,
1: you know, it's, 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 it's a it's default specified, for a
2: lot. Specified for you know for for one thing, but it's inserted into places where it kind of doesn't belong. It's in, it's
0: associated with disarm, with trip, um, with technical abilities. Yeah, and that's kind of where it falls.
2: I, mean, I was, I mean, I, 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 I don't I don't agree. When I look at these things, yeah. and I see like. Five prerequisites, especially th- with things that, like, suddenly require dodge and mobility. There are strength-based things that require dodge mobility. So they, well, they and mobility. But they were agile, like, re- reflexive. Like, in three five,
1: combat reflexes and combat expertise were at the base of a lot of I know. feet trees. Because it was a technical ability or it was a, you know, uh, fast, you know, uh, uh, agility ability. So, what, but what, what, what ends up happening,
2: go ahead.
0: Oh, well, I was gonna say what you're leaning towards is, and I think you can actually segue into something really interesting. You're wanting to basically have prerequisites that are versatile, so you don't yes. just need
2: a 15 strength. It could be a 15 strength or a 17 dex. Okay, okay. have different this, ways to get to Because the thing is, this is like with these progressions. You know, you have you know you only get so many feats. So if you have five, six prerequisites, you know, well let's be lamoristic three or four, sometimes even five prerequisites to get to a thing, mm-hmm. that creates in and of itself a certain kind of character. So if you make that character and I want to get to that point, guess what? I'm pretty much making the exact same character. All right. Well, what about this idea? What if feats were broken out into groups
1: and higher level feats essentially said that okay, you need two feats from group A and a group and a feat from group B. This essentially means that you don't have to take dodge mobility to get this feat. Yeah. You, you- could take two others that you
2: like. And one other here to get the one. Well, winning. I mean, really, and, what and, Darren stated is is kind of what I'm looking for, you know, and that that kind of in, in, integrates into it. But um, to to a more like kind of scary, you know. Well, I mean, because <laughs> the things uh, you say, like you know, two, you know, two from groups. That's a little more random, but like I like what Darren stated. And it's like you know, it's, it, whereas you know, I could need you know an X Dex, you know, Dex or strength. I like having those options between. Combats um, between ability stats because I may want to, you know, like I stated before, like I may want to make a dex based fighter. Well, mm-hmm. with Ant's Way, you could have five feats from
0: A, five feats from B, and five feats from C, and you just have to pick two from A or B and one from C. Yeah, like it, to me, group- that's a lot more versatile than all right, 15
1: strength or 17 dex. You decks. can group it to like weapon feats, um, agility feats.
2: Well, the scary thing for me is. Again, the optimizers. Well, you know, At I, that point, and so, and that's
1: probably probably one of the hardest things
2: every game in is designed. I gamers. know, and, and, yeah. and I know a large part of it depends on your DM like structuring, making sure. Yeah, people, it's, it's
1: an important aspect, yeah. but the mechanics have to do the so, mo- most of the work in defeating yeah. optimizers. And that was a big
2: thing for me. Like I, one a, of easy why I love fourth edition so much is because. You know, I mean, I, I love the balance because I mean, a lot of you know, some people are just really good at making characters. Yeah. You know, and then if they, you know, if they happen to roll a really good set on top of it, you know, and you know, if I don't do so well, and then I happen to, you know, I make a character the best I can. Yeah. But maybe I don't understand the feat progressions as well, you know, as well as somebody else, and I end up taking a wrong set. Yeah, like we, what I wanted. We to saw did.
1: in three five, like if you, the better you knew the books. The more powerful your characters were, well, I think that's true. With it's any true no matter what. what. It's true. But I mean, like that also made fourth edition easier for new people to jump in. But but
0: see, with fourth edition, what I disliked, which I think you and I are on the same boat, GMing was awesome for for uh, in fourth edition, especially super, with the online yeah, tools, a lot easier, so cool. And you could you had so much at your disposal. The problem for me was is that it was at the cost of the versatility for the player you were really kind of pigeoned on like three certain paths that you could go and you could...
1: Per class, per power source. Um, Well, to to me, how I view it was, uh, yeah, things got easier for the DM. A DM could throw a session together in hours instead of, you know, over a couple of days. Uh, And I do feel that 4th edition kind of hurt the customization of the character of of the players. But uh, what... To me, that meant was no matter what, I'm going to come up with whatever character, attitude, backstory, and you know, style I want. But in fourth edition, I felt the mechanics didn't supplement that like three five could.
0: Mm. So w- one thing to go on with your um, <laughs> request of having multiple options for feats, what I'd also like to see is having uh, versatility for skills, where maybe my diplomacy. Uh, can be used not only with my charisma, but maybe also my wisdom. Yes, please. Thank you.
1: Yeah, some of this, uh, the the skills have always kind yeah. of felt restricted. Yeah, the idea of having intimidate
2: go only through charisma, and then you need yeah, a feat to was, make it work through your strength—that
1: was always a little absurd. Like, I mean, really, if anything, intimidate should start on strength or constitution, even before it starts on charisma. Well, I
2: would say I would say strength or intelligence. Because you can intelligently, you know, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I could see that. See, and I could see that they, they
0: work in it in actually a little differently to where, you know, yeah, it goes off of uh, strength or charisma. But let's say once you get ten ranks into intimidate, your charisma automatically naturally factors in, like. Hmm.
1: I I see where you're going. Oh, other other attribute bonuses at yeah. particular levels of ranks in yeah. your skills.
2: So you're saying That's like you're neat. saying like um say a, you know diplomacy and let's just say for sake of argument, they keep diplomacy uh, a charisma based skill. You're saying after so many levels maybe your wisdom intelligence wisdom store bonus. yeah wisdom you get or like half your wisdom could bonus or something. you know could add on, on to... I I
1: really like that. Yeah, like yeah. 10, 15, you get half your wisdom bonus that uh you know. Uh, thirty. You get your full wisdom bonus. Like it shouldn't just hand you it, uh, an extra four, it's just, but something. And also, like that—that
2: that kind of gives you—that that gives you those teeny little additional bonuses. It starts that, connecting things. Yeah, I mean, it's just like because w- one of the problems that we had with fourth edition was like the prestige classes. Why even have them? Yeah. You get like three abilities. They're not always it did, useful. It didn't feel like anything. It did, yeah, it didn't feel like flavor to your character. It just felt like okay, I get an extra Here's new abilities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't help personify your character in the way prestige classes did in past yeah. editions. So that was one. That was something that I do agree. You know, about fourth edition was lacking. Um, on the other hand, though, I do one thing I do want is I, I would like the system. One thing I really like about fourth is I can create new classes pretty easily because of the way things are set up. Now, if, I could, very... if I wanted to customize my own class, uh-huh. I could do that, and it could work with everything else pretty well. I would like to see some form of that being available. Like, if I have a really cool idea that I want, you know, that I that I get past my DM, that doesn't relate well with you know something that's already in place, we could make that and it would work.
0: So I mean, you're you're really wanting the customization that Ant wants. You I mean, because that's really what you're talking about is that level of customization where you feel that you can create... essentially
1: make your own class. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, once, in in I mean. every yeah, once in a while, we come up with good classes. Every once in a while, we do. We have no, come, come up true. with gems. Like we said, they are in a very important aspect okay. of the game. One thing I really liked 4th Edition did with the monsters was breaking up in, into the roles. The yes. uh, the, the the Berserker, all those. And as well as the Elite, the Minions, and, you know... The, you know, Solos. I felt, one, I mean, it was done to really make things easier. But I think from both aspects... You understood how to use these uh monsters more efficiently mm-hmm. in battle.
0: Yeah. I would change up a couple things. One, I would not make minions have one hit point. I would give them one hit die. It's a little bit it's not so much insta
2: kill. Yeah, that way that way you you know that it's not like one tap, that thing's done. But I mean, well, like uh when I DM'd, I didn't always like
1: to let Players know they were minions because then you would treat them yeah, like. That's minions. that's
2: the catch. That that's the thing to do because like and because a lot of times when we game we had a certain marker for minions. Yeah, and we're like, okay, we, well, you know, we just said that. Okay, we well, got yeah, this they obviously weak. So because the thing was because what would happen is someone would blow their daily on a minion and just be like oh well fuck, you yeah. know I mean so I mean that's why we started doing that at our table but uh, but
0: I mean I I really don't I think it should be up to the to the GM. What roles he wants? Because I guarantee you, uh, if you have in your moderate level campaign the Rakshasa as like your your leader, your,
1: your solo or elite or yeah. something.
0: But what if, as you level up, your Rakshasa isn't a solo anymore? What if it becomes your skirmisher or your,
1: your uh, lurker, defender, lurker? yeah, whatever
0: or. you know, one of those. And you have a freaking, you know, uh, an ancient red dragon as your big boss. I think if you're going to pigeonhole roles, you have to make them versatile. versatile and well, it should
1: really be up to the GM. Well, because they, they usually made different kinds. If they had a rock Sasha, they they had a leader Raksasha. They had a Berserker. They had yeah. a Lurker. They had, you know, a
2: Soldier. They had different Now, where kinds. dragons were concerned, like a red dragon, I think, was a Soldier. The, that, that's what it was. Well, like, uh, and the uh, black a dragon warbling. was a Lurker. You know, I mean, they had certain roles based on...
1: Well, I mean, they, well, really, there were two different kinds. Oh yeah, yeah. They were standard, or uh, there were minions, standard, elite, and solo. And then off of that, um, their attack bonus or uh, and uh, hit points varied upon their uh, combat role of uh, lurker, ma- uh, lurker, sol- uh, soldier, soldier, defender, defender, defender skirmisher, skirmisher. See, I, I would rather get rid of the
0: titles and simply... Controller, by the way. Controller, yeah. And simply have ways to either have them presented in different difficulties, but leave it up to the GM to flavor text exactly what's going on. Well, but I, I like this. I liked I mean, it better than the CR. Did,
2: all the roles did was uh, was help explain exactly what type of combatant that thing was. But see, I think, I think a think I mean, to me, I, I like the
0: CR because... I know how I'm going to represent the character or the creature that they're fighting, and the CR is simply an indicator to me of, okay, looking at this, does this, A, meet the party, is it at the correct CR, and, you know...
2: The thing is, I mean, these creatures did have CR.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it, it just went more to find. Like, you so know I'll, you know what kind of monster you want to put in. You know yeah. how he's going to fight. Well, then now you can just look like, oh, well, that's what this guy does, and he's already designed to do what you want. And see, you thing thing find is the you, monster. Like,
2: I mean, for you, all I would say is to just don't pay attention to that role. You know, look at that CR, decide what you want to use, just to use it. Well, for other DMs, it's an extra tool that helps them design their... You know, design their encounter,
0: and I can see how that how that would help other GMs, and and so you know if it came down to it, if D&D Next had it to where there were those four or five different roles, you know I'm not a fan, but I could see how it's useful, and so you know if it was implemented, I'm not gonna like cry or you know yeah. you know throw my hands. That, you know, up. You know,
2: for you you just don't need
0: <clears throat> it's a, yeah it's something that I just don't need but all then again I've been gaming for a lot longer than other people exactly. who are just approaching the system. Yeah, I mean
2: if Drew were to pick that thing up, Drew would it, those things would really help Drew. Well
0: and and and, and I, I imagine that with the with what has been built upon D D Insider with fourth edition I'm hoping that a lot more resources can be put into, you know, kind of getting everything geared up with D&D Next. Because that tool, hands down, is an amazing tool for yeah. new players, new GMs, and can only help enrich the game or create a better understanding for it.
1: Uh, but absolutely. Um, D- D&D is uh, too big to fail. It's, uh, it, it needs to succeed for, you know, for gaming in general because no one can take its place yet. But at least, at least we're confident in the team making it. We're confident in what we're being told is happening, uh, and we're looking forward to uh, a taste of what's going to go on come spring uh, playtests. Uh, and when we do get uh, into those playtests, we will update as much as we're allowed to. Uh, if if anything, oh it, yeah, just be pictures of us, thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we can at least do that, we'll we'll throw that up on on Facebook and whatnot.
0: So, um, just to let uh, you, you guys already know, but just to let the listeners know, uh, for the next few months, um, the Laird is going to be away from the podcast. Um, just, you know, scheduling's been really big and... Um, All that fancy school learning you'd be doing. school. I'm done getting smart.
2: Oh, well, family time too. Uh,
0: family right. time, you know, uh, if I was to be completely candid, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, uh, is the podcast something uh, I want to do? I love hearing feedback from you guys, and I definitely plan, uh, even though I'll be away from the podcast, I definitely plan on still commenting on on the Facebook, uh, trying to contribute ideas um, to the podcasts, but I just physically won't be here. But that doesn't change that, you know, uh, being a part of the podcast, whether I I return or not, uh, has been a great experience. You know, I always love getting together, sitting down with my friends, shooting the shit, I may not always enjoy the Star Wars razzes, but um, I'll get a break from those for a little bit. Yeah, so I'll, no, I'll recoup. I'll no, well, at least as ones. far as recording. We, we,
1: we, need, we need to get a new person to make fun of.
2: I vote Smacky. I'm going to say, you, you already make fun of me now. Why is there Why is there a new person you well, need to make I fun mean, of? I just Smacky's think you level. have a... You just have a hatred for the
1: Kaldemeyers. That's what it is. We got to defend ourselves. <laughs> I just don't want it to be me.
2: Oh, that's what it is. That's why Anthony's in on it. Because he doesn't want it. I, to get, get,
1: I get heat as it is. I just don't want to be the focal point. Oh, but you're the sexy, funny host, right? Yeah, who, who is uh, anorexic and who is just <laughs> morally uh, corrupt. I love, I
2: to, have uh, we ever used that Word, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, Obviously, the, the 22
0: the, waste jokes. And this is Anthony basically telling me that he's gonna miss me, and <laughs> yeah, I'm, it is. I'm still gonna see
1: you. Yeah. It's the people, the people, uh, yeah. they, they won't uh, get to see you as much, they won't get to hear your voice. Uh, but uh, the laird will still be on Facebook and contributing, and yeah, will still that be stuff.
0: on Facebook, still be contributing. Um, but you know, in time, we'll see what happens. But okay. I still love all the memories we've had so far, and hopefully, we'll have many, many more.
1: Um, but, uh, so as, as placeholders, uh, we're going to see about getting, um, Caleb Cleveland to, to guest host, uh, for a couple episodes. We're going to see about, uh, you know, what we can do as a three man, you know, obviously this week and last week we three manned it and knocked it out of the park. So, you know, we don't, we don't need a fourth,
2: but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we don't need a fourth. If we get the right, per- I mean, if any one of our friends want to step up, I have no problems trying can, on anybody. Big guest star. Darren's Darren's place is not given away. Well, the Laird's not. I mean, if the Laird says, oh, I'm back, guess what? Someone's getting the boot. The Laird's back. Yeah. So it's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, So as always, you know,
1: keep up to date what we're doing on Facebook and Twitter. We're very active there. You can always email us at comicissues.com. Check YouTube for all our videos. Uh, We're getting into con season, so more videos will be popping up there. And uh, you know, check us out uh, at the website www.comic-issues.com. issues com. So, uh, so buddy, uh, I'll see you you know next week. Two yeah, days We'll from see now. you. We'll I'll see you a few days from I'll now. I'll see you at Denny's. Uh, but uh, we're gonna, we're gonna miss you on the podcast, and hopefully, uh, you will you will return soon. So uh, until next week, I'm Anthony Silva. This is Derek and the Laird Darren, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.